Right, I am recording. Wonderful. Exciting. I have a mouthful of chocolate. Nice, I have an energy drink. I bought you your favourite energy drink as well. You did. I'm being spoiled. I like it. Because <laughs> I just, there's just cause pastry, cheese, bacon. It just And they don't have tomato in. Because a lot of them have tomato in, which always gets slightly too hot for those who are. And tomato gets too hot. Yeah. I guess there's quite a lot of liquid in a tomato. Yeah, exactly. They're quite molten. Mm. That's the right. Yeah, no one wants a molten tomato. Maybe that's. I've not seen. Is it, isn't there a killer tomato movie? Yeah, uh, George Clooney was in it. Mm. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. I don't think it's. I, is it because they were really warm? Yeah, it's because he had them in a in a cheap bacon and cheese turnover. With a with an espresso. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just George Clooney sitting in A and E with a slightly burnt mouth. But like the awkward when you burn the top of your mouth. Oh, and you have to wait for the layer of skin to come off. Yeah, like you you get a lot from uh, pizza you expect to be floppy but is rigid. Because <laughs> you bite in and then the tip of the pizza just hits, goes straight into the top of your mouth. It's horrible. I mean, that's a thing you just said. That is a thing I just said. And I stand <laughs> by it. Right, we're good to go? Yep, now we've heard all about your floppy pizza, we're good to go. <laughs> Welcome to a, a frightfully spooky episode of the podcast nobody asked for with me, Ian Harris, And me, Graham Bones. Ooh, Ooh that was good. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. should have... Ian Scaries? Yeah. Uh, that sounds more like a kid's TV presenter. <laughs> so this week, in, in the spirit of Halloween... Spirit, like it. No, thanks. We are talking about horror villains we want to see in romantic comedies. So the idea is we are taking a horror villain and we are taking a romantic comedy and we're just kind of smushing, smushing them, together. them together yeah a good old horror comedy smush which is what everybody everybody wants oh i think as well you know i'm sure we'll get to it as we go through this but some of these horror movie villains i mean maybe all they needed was a little bit of love a little bit of love a little bit of laughter Maybe less less of a body count. A bit of laughter, less of body count. That sounds like a Tory policy. <laughs> <laughs> Going political. Yeah, well, it was it was the three kind of phrase punchy thing, like your hands, face, space thing. Yeah, yeah. Love, laugh, less of a body count. <laughs> the three L's. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is our... Uh... Which is fun. We, we've now been going long enough to have had two Halloween specials. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? It's awesome, isn't it? Uh, should have should have listened to last year's before we recorded so we don't rehash anything, but let's just dive straight in. If you had free reign and enough money and preparation time, mm. what would your Halloween costume be this year? What would my Halloween costume be this year? Um, oh, we probably need something topical. I've not watched too many... Like, I, I imagine Squid Game is going to be like quite um, a popular thing um, yeah. amongst people. I would say... Um, the scoreboard from last week's game against Liverpool because that was scary. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've uh, I have watched in-depth cosplaying videos on how to make the red guy from Don't Hug Me I'm Scared. <laughs> it requires Excellent. a lot of yarn. Yeah, I can imagine. Actually, I just just to be on brand, I would go uh, inside a bear. I'm contemplating doing that for Halloween. 
You should do. Uh, buy a, I, so I need a bear onesie. Yeah. And I, I've seen someone do it with kind of like see-through red plastic. Okay. So it kind of, and you just kind of stick that in places so it looks like you're on fire. Right. I like that. But yeah. And just a look of bewilderment. Just a look of bewilderment and spoilerific paralyzation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think the, the actual answer this year is I, I am fairly sure I'm going as the bear from Midsummer. Excellent. Looking everything's still a bit up that. in the air because it's Halloween costumes are always the decision I put off until the very last minute. Yeah, it's always a it's always a tricky one, isn't it? My but, my uh, girlfriend made her friend's daughter's Halloween costume this year. Which is an octopus. So she's cool. got um, stuffed a load of tights as so three pairs of tights, and then obviously the tights on her legs. So it looks like she's got a legs. Nice. It's quite good. I like it. Yeah, it's a good choice. Yeah, I think when we, the plan is once the house has sorted itself out, we will be hosting what I've decided to dub epic Halloween parties every year. So like the "Don't hug me, I'm scared" guy yeah. is. I don't think that's a going out costume because it's quite detailed and you can't really see all that much. Yeah, you'd be very warm as well. Very on the tube. warm. Yeah. Like my my fiance wants to go as Nebula, but okay. that's another one you can't really do going out because as soon as your body temperature rises, you're think immediately just going to be leaking. You look like paint. a leaky puppy Smurf. And that, well, that that's going to be a Halloween costume, aren't you? Leaky Papa Smurf. <laughs> I mean, he's at that age. It's Papa Smurf. <laughs> Papa Smurf, if he opens the Ark of the Covenant. Is um is is she going to shave her head? I believe it's going to be a bald cap. Uh, okay, but I haven't asked. Where's where's the commitment, Alex? I'm sure she'll listen yeah. to this. Oh, I don't. <laughs> Maybe I could say anything. We could have been talking for weeks about how I was going to propose, and she wouldn't have known. <laughs> I mean, we could we could just be pretending we're having a podcast and just having a chat in the kitchen. We just just doctoring up analytics to show her occasionally. <laughs> Look at this. Look, yeah, because you know, of course, of course, we've suddenly got listeners in Bahrain. Yeah, we've said, Look, people are signing up to our Patreon. <laughs> I'm just gonna just gonna make myself a mug to make the line live longer. <laughs> uh, what other idle Halloween banter can we have, Graham? Um, I went to Tully's Farm last week. Nice. Um, so Tully's Farm is a uh, like a Harrow Halloween <laughs> Halloween horror maze. It's like Harrow on the Hill. Yeah. Uh, so it's um, I, it's I guess it's not as extreme as like some of the horror houses and stuff in America, but it's you know it's I suppose it's up there. Ten different mazes. Someone got carried out on a stretcher from one of them. Interesting. Um, I don't know what happened to them, but I'm assuming not great. I got scared. Yeah, probably. This yeah. man is scared. <laughs> but yeah, that that was it was quite fun. I'd recommend it. Um it's a bit of a trek, it's down sort of Gatwick way. But yeah, good good evening out. Um I was just knackered by the end of it and had watched what the Blues Five North Liverpool preview just before going. Um so I wasn't in the best of moods. <laughs> that's that's fair. But um no, it was it was good fun. I'd um I'd yeah, say get down. They do have like all the circus of horrors stuff as well, they do it download and Yeah. It's been I've I've not really I think I did a fright night. Thing when I was probably in secondary school, and that's the last time I yeah. ever did anything like this. So um, yeah, I, I haven't really done anything for. Usually, my Halloween plans involve watching Evil Dead Two. Yeah, I think that uni once we played Centurion while watching Evil Dead Two because I'm fairly sure it's a hundred minutes long. Excellent. That was a fun game. Uh, Centurion is drinking a shot of beer every minute for a hundred minutes, 
and it's not that much beer, but because you're constantly taking it in, it gets you trashed really quickly. Yeah, how much? I mean, how much would that equate to? Twenty-five mil to two hundred. Oh, two hundred fifty mil. No, two and a half liters of beer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. T- t- timing a toilet trip is the interesting thing there. <laughs> Just you can tell how many people, how, how long people are going to be by how many shots they take in with them. So you, this think, is true. you think you're going to be pissing for three minutes? Oh, it's either that or they're having a shit. Or that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's obviously where Halloween was going to go. <laughs> shit at, shitting at university after playing drinking games. Yeah. But talking of shitting at the university, one of our friends is is well known on our previous university campus for having a liaison with someone called Pooh Girl. Yes, he is. Com- completely irrelevant to the story, but you know. Yeah, that would be a fun just, Halloween costume. Yeah, and I just always like to give a shout out on the pod. <laughs> Are we keeping that in? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see it with it. this way. We'll find out if <laughs> listens as well. Yeah, true. <laughs> I might cut his name out. <laughs> just do a beep. Just, just uh, yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll keep beep bleeping it. his name keep out. Beep. Yeah, yeah. Just in case. Uh... Yeah, make sure you bleep his name when I say name now. Yeah, and when I say name now, we'll get rid of name and and bleep here so instead of saying yeah i'm just gonna go beep yeah beep 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 yeah <laughs> these jokes are fun until i realize i have to edit around them uh, but yeah no that is true that is true we we did have a friend who had an illicit tryst with a girl on campus known as poo girl uh, we won't go into why you guys can make it up for yourself it's probably a lot more interesting it's probably than the a better actual story. story yeah yeah it's definitely a better story if you make it up yourself uh yeah Halloween's great, isn't it? Halloween's great. I'm looking forward to watching more. Um, yeah, I need to get a few more horror movies in. We obviously have the it's not the the podcast premiere of our Good Bad Movie this this uh, month, which will be um, probably my first horror movie of the season, which I'm looking forward to. Interesting. The the last horror movie I watched was called something. Wasn't the last? Oh, unless Slacks. When did you watch? Oh, did you watch that after Peckerhead? Yeah. The last horror movie I watched was called Slacks. It is a Canadian low-budget horror movie about a killer pair of jeans, <laughs> and not like not like the eighties. Like, dude, those jeans are killer. Yeah, yeah. Like they're jeans that eat people. <laughs> it's uh, it's weird. I think I enjoyed it. You know that kind of weird where you're not sure if you actually liked it or not. Yeah, there's a few of those, isn't there? Um, I'm trying to think of, I I have a very similar experience, and I can't remember exactly what the film was called. So I'm gonna. I'll, we'll pass past that and just mention again. <laughs> <laughs> so, given it is Halloween, given we're talking spooky movies, do you have a Halloween horror movie recommendation that nobody asked for? Yeah. So also, I actually, I actually had just realised. We always say, "Do you have a movie recommendation nobody asks for every week?" And technically, in asking that question, we are asking for it because I am saying, do you have one? So No, but you aren't asking me for a movie recommendation. I'm You're asking, asking if I have a movie recommendation, recommendation nobody asked ask for. for. Okay. I suppose so. so. We, I'm, I'm having a we bit have of a movie, we, crisis. We here. have a movie recommendation nobody asked for that yeah. somebody asked for. Right. But that's different to having movie recommendations. You somebody asked for. Because you're not specifically asking for, Ian, do you have a film recommendation? Okay. You're saying, Ian, do you have film recommendations nobody asked for okay all right i'm okay with that quite existential crisis averted i thought we'd been living a lie for (laughs) over a year well i i mean we've uh we're a podcast called the podcast nobody asked for that has taken uh episode ideas from people requesting episodes be done so we are really living a lie uh so i have two choices 
that I'm going to pick from for my movie recommendation nobody asked for. And the reason I've said that is I still haven't decided which one I'm going to do. So I'm hoping in talking, like just one of them will come out. Pick number two. So pick number two. Done. All right. So obviously, the, speaking of horror villains, yeah, I thought the best thing to do would be to kind of pick some of the key, the most famous horror icons and pick something daring. So I was kind of going through, you know, like your Jason Voorhees's, yeah. your Freddy Krueger's, your other ones. And I thought, you know what? I do love the Halloween films. Yeah. So we've obviously got Halloween Kills out now. So I thought I'd pick my favorite film that features Michael Myers. So that rules out Season of the Witch. Yeah. Because he's not in Season of the Witch. So it gave me a couple of choices. So. I've narrowed it down, and today's movie recommendation nobody asked for is Wayne's World from 1992. Nice. Nicely done. So, I love Wayne's World. Wayne's World is great. Great. I haven't watched it in a fairly long time, but I used to watch it quite regularly. Um, Yeah, I really need to see it again. Wayne is the reason I had to cut my hair. Okay. Because I... I used to I, I used to uh rock the 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 Jesus look. Yeah. Um and I still maintain I, I pulled it off. But You pulled off Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> there uh there truly was a second coming. <laughs> uh so <laughs> I'm probably gonna cut that bit out. Um, <laughs> because I I don't know, I just I I don't think the world is ready for a joke where the punchline is I tossed off Christ. I think I think absolutely there. Everyone's ready for it. Maybe. So yeah. So I used, I used to I, I used to rock the Jesus look. I then lost a bet with a friend and had to shave my beard. And it turns out, with long hair and clean shaven, I just look like Wayne. <laughs> so uh, I had to cut my hair, and that was the first time I'd cut my hair in a very long time. It, it, it seemed to have been a lot more of like a pop culture touchstone about ten years ago. Like when we were at university, Wayne's World was huge. Yeah. But now, I, 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 I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't really seem to be a thing that people talk about anymore. And I think that's a shame. It's great. Yeah, I was, I was having this conversation the other day about it. I think we spoke about it because you were watching Bill and Ted. And oh, I watched all three Bill and Ted films. In one day. Um, back to back. Yeah. And I yeah, mentioned Wayne's World. So I'm, I think I need to, um, I think I need to give it a watch. Because it's just one of those ones. I remember loving it when I was younger, but I haven't seen it in forever. So if um, if people don't want to be scared out of their wits by Wayne's World, um, is there another less harrowing movie you could recommend for this week? So scared, scared out. If I don't want to be scared out of my wits by Wayne's World, which is truly a terrifying movie. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. For, for me, the the main thing that scares me is kind of it's not what you're seeing it's what you aren't seeing yeah you know it's the things hiding in shadow and in darkness and things like that so probably probably what you'd want is a film that takes place entirely in sunlight yeah um so i was trying to think of films that take place in sunlight i was thinking you know films that take place you're you're probably looking kind of quite far north I did look at 30 Days of Night, but then realised that's entirely at night time, and that's the exact opposite of what we're looking for. Um, now I thought, oh, well, Sweden's got like the whole Midnight Sun kind of thing. I wonder what films are set in Sweden. Mm. Um, so I was having a look through, and 
one film really stood out, and that is Ariaster's Midsummer. So I would recommend everybody watch that. And on a more sincere note, it is arguably my favourite horror movie. So you probably should watch it at Halloween, really. I think so. You yeah. should watch it at Midsummer. You should watch it at Halloween. Watch it at Christmas as well. Why not? I mean, it kind of is the perfect by any all movie, right? Because you watch it at Midsummer, and then Halloween is like basically the winter solstice, which is roughly about six months on from when Midsummer. Well, the w- winter solstice is the twenty first of December. Uh, December, which I also believe. Yeah. Oh. oh, I'm thinking of the clocks. You're thinking yes. I'm those thinking are those are different of things. The clocks. Yeah. So that's when they move the Stonehenge stones. <laughs> yeah, back an hour. One to, one to the left. <laughs> um, they still don't know how they do that. How they move them back an hour? No, it's, it's no. difficult. It's tough. Something about dru- druids, probably. Yeah, those, those crafty timekeeping druids. And on that note, yes, uh, it's time for us to talk through our top three horror villains we want to see in romantic comedies. And I believe the first choice is yours, which we're going to record in a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so my first choice, I am going with a romantic comedy from, I believe, as far back as the year 2000, which is Ooh, 2000. And well, if this movie were a person, it could legally drink in America. Um, oh, you could, you could fuck yourself for phrasing it like that. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> it is horrible. The romantic comedy is Meet the Parents. Nice. And the that was two thousand. Apparently so, yeah. Because um, you clearly just said it was two thousand. Yeah, I really should have. Doesn't take a lot of yeah, detective skills for me to figure that out. There. So the initial horror movie character I'd like to introduce into this is Jason Voorhees okay. of Friday the Thirteenth fame. But as we talk about this, you'll notice there's a few more cameos. Glad you say. said that because I definitely uh, in a couple of mine incorporate other people in <laughs> so already already throwing the concept out of the window <laughs> in yeah in this scenario jason is playing the girlfriend character so the terry polo character okay because we're going home to meet jason's parents not necessarily you know in the film it's ben stiller is meeting the girlfriend's parents in this yep. it'll be the girlfriend meeting the jason's parents do you remember ben stiller's character's name in it uh gaylord farker or fokker Gaylord Fokker. Yeah. Oh, 2000s uh, were a simpler time. Do you know who apparently came up with that? No. The person who was meant to be Ben Stiller. Not meant to be Ben Stiller, but meant to be Ben Stiller's character. No. Jim Carrey. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know if I could see Jim Carrey in that film. I think if Jim Carrey was in it, it would be so much a different film. Oh, it would be massively different. Yeah. yeah. I think it probably worked, because Jim Carrey's probably too wacky. Mm. Um, whereas Ben Stiller had to be like awkward and uh, hating his life at the hands of Robert De Niro. I would, I would be. It would be interesting to see if Robert De Niro still would have agreed if it was Jim Carrey. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, apparently, if it wasn't, uh, it was also um, well, offered. I like, I like these what ifs. It was offered to uh, Christopher Walken instead of De Niro. Oh, I, I could see Jim Carrey and Christopher Walken. I mean, Christopher Walken's worked with Adam Sandler, so yeah, yeah. So is Al Pacino. The world deserves more from you, Al. <laughs> so, what was the um, what was the commercial he did? Al Pacino. Yeah, he did a commercial where he was singing. It was for Dunkin' Donuts, I think. No, so it was a Dunkachino. Dunkachino. Okay. It was a Dunkachino, which was the 
Dunkin' Donuts calf frappuccino, cappuccino, I'm guessing. Oh, okay, no, it is, it's fr- that is from Jack and Jill. Okay, so maybe he didn't do it. Okay, guessing. that makes sense. So, well, Ben Stiller has obviously worked with Al Pacino before. Yeah. In Tropic Thunder. This is true. Fun, fun little joke there. I like that. Oh, God, I love Tropic Thunder. Anyway, meet the fuckers. Meet the fuckers. Well, meet the parents. Not <laughs> meet, meet the parents, the sorry. So, um, so we'll switch Ben Stiller out because I don't think it's canon that Jason was gay. So we'll keep it with a girlfriend meeting the boyfriend's parents. So instead of Ben Stiller meeting Jason's parents, I'm just going to go with like some horror movie royalty. Okay. I'm gonna go with we'll bring Nev Campbell into it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and obviously bringing bringing into this the real person we need to worry about. We're not gonna have De Niro as sort of the villain of the piece. It will be Jason's mum because she is the real. I mean, she's the real villain in the first Friday the Thirteenth movie. Stars Jason, but also Jason's mum. Who's got it going on? Well, you know that Ice Nine Kills yes. did that, which was fantastic. Have we talked about Ice Nine Kills? I don't know who we have. Um, Given that whenever we do a horror-themed episode, any Instagram story we do has Ice Nine Kills music to it. Yeah, so they're um, a, what would you say? Metalcore? Metalcore band who I think have done other stuff, but recently, so the last first, few albums. So the last two albums have been horror-themed. Yeah. The one before that was book-themed. Yeah. And then the one before that was a generic metalcore album. Yes. And it's safe to say that since they went horror movie themed, they've really taken off. <laughs> well, once you go horror, yep. you never go more... No, can't think of something. Never go back to books. Um, yeah. The, uh, and there also, isn't there some, some talk about the, the record label like doing a movie studio spin-off or some? I think so, because they did... So many of their music videos were like high-budget horror films, basically. Yeah. That had an overarching storyline between multiple songs. Yeah. So I think they're contemplating it because what else? Do yeah. You have why to not? Do? Especially, um, with, I mean, again, as as I previously said, I recently watched a horror movie about a killer pair of trousers. Yeah. Horror movie based on a band. I could buy into it. Um, yeah, I I agree. Um, well, we have Uncle Peckhead. True. But, um, so yeah, great band. We saw them at Islington pre-pandemic. Is it, Islington Academy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, maybe we'll, there's a, there's a fun photo from that night that we might be able to dig out. Yeah, that was, just, that was a fun night. Ian was accosted um, on multiple <laughs> occasions. Um, also, pre-gig, I think I was meeting you and our mutual friend bar in Islington, just outside where the academy is, and I bought us three pints mm. of Beaver Town, and it came to twenty one pounds. Yeah, that just makes me sad. I was in. That's um, why people hate London. I was in the Lake District this weekend. I bought a round of drinks, all like premium beers, paid less than twelve pounds. We went to uh, we went to Wales. I was slightly confused that it was six pound a pint, and then I realised that was the total cost of three beers, and it yeah. made me sad. Well, wasn't it in when we went when we did Snowden? It was like one pound eighty for a John Smith. One sixty nine. One sixty nine. Because a, a Coke was one eighty. Oh, uh, yeah, cheaper yeah. to drink John's Fist than yeah. Coke. Figured out you could drink yourself to death on 30 quid. Yeah. Anyway. Because that's the pleasant thoughts we have when we've just climbed a mountain. <laughs> yeah. A mountain so, that we got to the top of. I was having this conversation today because the, the the weekend because Lake District, it was pretty ropey weather, not a lot of visibility. And I was reminiscing about the time that we got to the top of Snowdon after a few hours of really hard work, looking forward to taking in the view and could not see sort of 
our hand in front of our face because of the amount of mist that was up there. But we got a beer. We did get so, a beer. So, you know, so, we're good. And yeah. then uh, followed the most confident looking of our friends down the mountain. I mean, we got back. We did. But that then he led us to a, a very uh, American werewolf in London pub later that evening. So yeah. maybe it would have been better to stay on Snowden. Probably. Good times. So m- m- meet the meet the Voorheeses. Meet the Voorheeses. Still, still a cat in it? Well, we'll get to this. So paint, paint, paint me a Jason picture. So obviously in Meet the Parents, uh, you've got De Niro as like the CIA agent interrogation, blah, blah. We're just going to swap that out for like Jason's like manic, overprotective mother role. And that's going to be the thing that puts Nev Campbell on edge yep. the entirety of the time. At request. Yes. Still played by Robert De Niro. <laughs> as Jason's mother. Jason's, uh, as pa- Pamela? Possibly. Is it Pamela Voorhees? It may, probably. Pam. Pam. Good old Pammy. Old Pammy. Pammy V. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll, we'll keep that as, uh, as De Niro. But I like the sort of idea, and then this obviously isn't canon, but I like the idea of sort of the entirety of Jason's family being horror movie villains. Um, <laughs> so we're going to have Leather, Leatherface as his dad. Okay. And then instead of the beloved cat, uh, Cujo is the dog. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Has there been a horror movie? Oh, Pet Cemetery, I guess. Yeah. There's a horror movie, Cat, but that's really all I can think of. And yeah. Cat People, the film we haven't seen, but read the Wikipedia plot for. Yeah. Um, oh, that that's an interesting thing that we'll come back to later, because I'm going to talk oh. about a film I haven't seen, but read the Wikipedia nice. plot to. Um, uh, spoiler. So am I. <laughs> and then um, The Shining Twins is his little sisters. Nice. So that's the Voorhees family. Can't play with us, Neve. <laughs> I think the biggest draw for me for this is that if people watch this, they might finally realise that the villain in Friday the 13th is Jason's mum. I know we've spoken about it so many times, but like the first Friday the 13th movie does not feature... Well, it features like mouldy child Jason in a lake, but it doesn't feature Jason Voorhees. It doesn't feature a hockey mask. There's no... Um, you know, butchering with um, his uh, trademark machete... It is just kind of a, I guess, a bit of a take on like the, like a, what's the, it's kind of the opposite way around of Psycho, right? But so many people don't seem to realize this. Like Friday the Thirteenth, people think it's Jason. It's not. So hopefully, meet the Voorheeses. Meet the Voorheeses. Yeah, will um, at least educate people on some classic horror movie canon. Well, it's, he he didn't actually wear the hockey mask until the third film. Yeah, which is not what anybody. Things, especially then when they released the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Yeah, it was just Jason in a hockey mask. Yeah, and that's that's also. I think that remake is kind of like the first three or four movies kind yeah. of condensed into one because there's the whole bit with like his dead mum, which is it flashes back to films that haven't happened. Yeah, and it's all a bit shit. Yeah, that's the only way to describe it. I, I'm a big fan of Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. I believe that's his full name. Yeah. But, yeah, he's also ruined. He, both the people in Supernatural can't ever be in any other paranormal film now, because yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't sit right, yeah, does it? It's like um, Kiefer Sutherland was in. Did you ever watch Designated Survivor? No, I always saw that, and <laughs> it, it just awful. looked weird. It was awful. <laughs> so he plays uh, a man. So he plays a politician who is the designated survivor which basically means he's like the congressman who gets kept in a cupboard 
right, in case okay. something happens to everyone else. And something happens to everybody else. <laughs> he becomes president. But he's really indecisive and doesn't know what to do. And you're watching the whole thing. Like, well, you're Jack Bauer. Of course you know what you're doing. And you just can't... <laughs> there, are, there are certain actors where I can't take their... Uh, where I can't picture them as anything other than, like, that role. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely um, there's definitely a few. Um, it, it was quite jarring around the time, like, Matrix and Lord of the Rings came out with what's-his-face, Agent Smith slash Elrond. Oh, slash Megatron. Slash Megatron, yeah. But at least you don't see him as Megatron. Oh, no, true. But it's a very uh, distinctive voice, isn't it? Yeah, true. Um, good old good old Hugo. That's it, Hugo Weaving. I can remember Elrond. I can remember Agent Smith, but I cannot remember your H- actual Hugh-E-W. name. Hugh um, so yeah, Jason is going to play this as Jason throughout, so he doesn't say a word. Um, he's also weirdly obsessed with his mum. He's going to have that little shrine to her, even though she's still alive at this point. And he gets repeatedly killed but never actually dies. Um, and yeah, as we mentioned, he's not going to wear a hockey mask until the third sequel. Um, so little little Voorheeses. Little Voorheeses, yeah. Because it would be meet the parents, yeah. meet the Voorheeses, little yeah. Voorheeses. And then, yeah, I think I'd, I'd noted down already Ice Nine Kills. We're going to bring that in, I think, as the soundtrack. Those guys are going are gonna to do that. Yeah, just just think it it kind of um it kind of fits if if there's any if there's any family you don't necessarily want to go back and meet. And to be fair, you're dating Jason Voorhees. I mean, you're probably going to expect you're going to go home to a bit of a a mixed bag um, when you when you meet the family for the first time. But Jason Voorhees' mum is, I think, probably up there with the parents in horror movies that you don't necessarily want to go back to yeah i mean I, I i like that idea but what i am more interested in is the inevitable prequel of them meeting okay yeah because i really want to see how nev campbell falls in love with jason Voorhees. <laughs> like they just did do they just bump eat, bump into each other at camp crystal lake does she accidentally walk in on him murdering someone is it like a meet cute at like a starbucks i was i'm thinking meet cute yeah yeah um yeah, about what do you think? Okay, here's a question for you. What do you think Jason Voorhees' Starbucks order is? Uh, there is going to be a very funny coffee-based joke here somewhere, isn't there? Probably. I can't, I can't think of one off the top of my head, so I'm just going to go with... Uh... Camp Crystal Latte? Yeah. Camp Cristocino? No. <laughs> uh, I, 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 would, I, I, I think he would just be a black coffee man. Do you think? They yeah. do say that psychopaths are more likely to drink black coffee. And I'd say black coffee is concerning for me. <laughs> well, psychopaths and the lactose intolerant. <laughs> well, yeah, this is true. I've got there's a reason for my uh, my black. But also, not be, not being able to eat cheese is enough to drive someone to uh, psychopathic <laughs> tendencies. Yeah. There has not been enough exp- work and research done into the link between lack of cheese and the increased <laughs> likelihood of murdering someone. <laughs> if there is one thing we take away from this Halloween special, it's that. Yeah. Please, please help us. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon and help us fund this vital research. <laughs> this choice, uh, there is going to be a revelation during this of something I have done in my past, which I don't know if you know, and you are going to judge me. Uh, I mean, so, this sounds ominous. Yep. So this, this film, I'm just going to go through the plot. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a new student at Padua High School who becomes instantly infatuated with Bianca. His friend, that guy you recognise but can never quite place but then remember he was the kid at camp from Adam's Family Values, warns Joseph Gordon-Levitt that Bianca's father is overbearing and won't allow her to date. Frustrated that Bianca wants to date generic jock man, 
Her father declares that she can only date when her sister, Sadako Yamamura, the eventual ghost of a psychic who was murdered and thrown in a well, can find a date. <laughs> so I present to you, in all of its puntastic glory, Ten Rings I Hate About You. Lovely. Um, and that's it, really. I was just based on the pun. But no. So, firstly, in preparation for this choice, I watched the videotape, which means we may not have an episode next week. <laughs> so, Sadako is the girl who crawls out of the TV in the Japanese horror movie Ring from 1998. Also known to a lot of us as Samara from the remake, which was from 2002. Yeah. Which is, as remakes go, quite good. She is the result of an illicit encounter between a psychic and an enigmatic sea dragon. <laughs> and Wikipedia puts her down as a vengeful ghost slash quasi-oceanic demigod. So she also split into a good Sadako and an evil Sadako after murdering a journalist. So basically, The Ring is a lot more complicated of a franchise than I ever remember it being. All I hear is Sudoku as Sudoku, well. I'm, yeah. I'm picturing a killer... Um... Boggle. A killer uh, newspaper puzzle. There must be. Uh, I, I've seen. There is a Japanese horror movie I think called Premonition about a killer newspaper. Okay. Um, so it's not quite like a a, a game in it. But, no. Or would that be more of like a saw edge? Yeah. I. I th- what serrated? A. Um, <laughs> that was, that was little, quite good. Little, little too proud of that. Yeah. Um, we cut. We we couldn't cut up the coffee puns <laughs> quickly, but I know. A, I know my fucking blade ones. edges were there. Um, the. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking, like, you know, you have to complete the New York Times crossword within a certain amount of time or you die. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there's, go- there's going to be, there is going to be a weird, haunted puzzle yeah. movie somewhere. And so, do you know how many Saw films there are? Nine? There are. Hang on. I should really have counted them all. Uh, I made a very weird noise when I went, mm, There are. Nine? There are. A lot. So, count with me. There are seven Japanese films across two oh, separate timelines. Okay, you confused me there, because you said, how many Saw films are there? Oh, sorry. How many... <laughs> how many Ring films are there? I don't know, Ian. <laughs> yeah. So, there are seven Japanese films across yeah. two different timelines, as well as a TV movie and two TV series. There's a crossover film with The Grudge, a Korean remake, and then three American films and an American short film. So basically, there's a lot. There's a lot of a lot of ring. More rings than a game of Sonic. I like that. You're on a roll today. Uh, so simply put, if we just kind of break it, like if we get rid of the whole sea sea dragon shit and all of the overly confusing stuff, simply put, she has Avril Lavigne hair and she kills people after they watch a videotape. That's yep. really that's really everything we know. She um, she he was a skater boy. Something about I don't like your girlfriend. And that's very complicated. Uh so Ten Things I Hate About You, on the other hand, is very different to the Ring franchise. So it's from nineteen ninety nine. It strongly features uh a Scar Punk soundtrack and Heath Ledger. Uh it's overwhelmingly easygoing and it generally makes me very happy, and as far as I'm aware, there are no enigmatic sea dragons in it. So what we're going to get by combining these two is we're going to get some incredible scenes such as Sadako reading a poem about how much she loves Heath Ledger. Um, ready, ready to judge? Yeah. Fun fact, Graham. Go on. There is a YouTube video of me and a friend 
very drunkenly singing a song we drunkenly wrote at a friend's house. That song is called Legerand and is the result of us drinking and coming up with rhyming couplets based on the fact we would have sex with Heath Ledger and his film titles. The lyrics to said song, which I transcribed earlier today. There's not ten things I hate about you. And yes, I would definitely fuck you. Are you ready for the worst one? Go on. No, I'm not a necrophiliac. But yes, I wish I was in Brokeback. <laughs> because Heath, Heath Ledger, Heath, you're a legerand. Goddamn, I wish I could poke you. You were so convincing as the Joker. I wish I didn't have to wear this frown because you made me so happy in Lords of the Dogtown. <laughs> um, um, no, it's, it's not the medium for, um, you know, seeing people's expressions without talking, but I am silently shaking my head at Ian. Yeah, you, you probably heard him roll his eyes there. But that song um, became a, a vague viral sensation in our school year, and we started to perform it at our end of sixth form thing. Um, and then the plug got pulled because we said fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe Sadako just reads that instead of the poem. Um, okay. we, we would get Heath Ledger singing You're Just Too Good To Be True at a vengeful psychic ghost. <laughs> um, you would get a vengeful psychic ghost getting drunk at a party, then dancing on a table, and then throwing up over Heath Ledger. Yeah. I think I just... I just like it. I'm, I think it works. I, it's I, a great... I mean, I love 10 Things I Hope It's a great film. It is such a good film. It's just... I, I don't know... I don't know what elevates it above kind of the other films around that time. Probably <sighs> Heath Ledger? Probably Heath Ledger. Probably the... Um, I think the soundtrack does a lot for it. Oh, yeah. And um, I forget... I can't remember the name of the actor, but um, he's very good as her dad. Um, oh, no, I believe his name is not Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I just, I don't know. The only thing I don't actually like about it is how unlikable Julia Stiles' character is <laughs> throughout. Yeah, yeah, well, I guess that's kind of the It is kind point. of the point, yeah. Also, if it turns out you were only friends with me because somebody was paying you to, so they could, oh, I guess in this instance, they could sleep with my brother. Um, it would take more than a guitar for me to instantly forgive you. <laughs> yeah, this is true. And um, also, Ian, I'm sorry to break something to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Tom's a married man. <laughs> it was everyone, everyone has their price. <laughs> Here is a shitty Fender guitar. But yeah, I love 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, I also love The Ring. I think The Ring is... The Ring is one of those films where I think people forget how good it was because it has kind of entered the public imagination so much. Yeah. Like, I remember the parodies of it now more than I actually remember the film. But it's great. And Sadako climbing out of the TV is legitimately terrifying. Um, oh, yeah, it's great. I remember, I remember watching that film um, when it came out and I watched the American version of it. I think we were... I was... It was a. I was definitely younger than fifteen because I remember getting it for Christmas. Because um, you know what? What's more? Uh, what's more Christmassy than the Ring? Um, what well, five gold ones? Um, well, Lord of the Rings used to come out around Christmas. This, to be fair, this is true. Yeah, yeah. I remember it being one of those films that is well, did gen genuinely give me a bit of a, a scare. But yeah, great. I, I guess it doesn't hold up as much now because of the whole VHS thing. <laughs> but yeah, really, really good film. True. 
But luck- luckily, this is a film from the 90s, so the VHS is still involved. Yeah. Not not sure what will come of Heath Ledger in it, but I like to think that she, as long as she doesn't watch the, as long as he doesn't watch the videotape, yeah, then they should be able to live happily ever after, or until she moves to university and they inevitably break up. But let's not think about that. <laughs> so, I am going for a film where we don't really need to change too much, apart from probably the saddest plot point of the movie. So. Uh, the romantic comedy that we're taking on is the 1993 classic Sleepless in Seattle, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. I believe it's the prequel to You've Got Mail. And the horror movie villain I'd like to insert into this movie is the... I'm, I'm going for quite a lot of the high-hitting legends at the moment. Um, yeah. Is the none other than Mr. Frederick Krueger. <laughs> Fred, Frederick and the way I'm going to do this is we are following exactly the same movie, but have you seen Sleeps in Seattle? Uh, I have. A very long time ago. So Tom Hanks is... He, That's the one that ends on the top of the... Empire State Building. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. He, he calls in to this radio station and he doesn't say, hi, I'm Tom Hanks. He's like, he talks about what's happened to him and his name is Sleepless in Seattle. The reason he's Sleepless in Seattle is because he's got insomnia due to his wife's untimely death. I think that's quite sad. So instead of that, I would like the reason that Tom Hanks has insomnia is because he is being tormented in his dreams by Freddy Krueger. <laughs> it's a nicer story than Tom Hanks' wife dying, and he also will have to feel less bad about finding love again. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'd love to see the conversation they have afterwards. <laughs> so why are you sleepless? It's like, oh, there's this... Uh... So basically, my town burnt this paedophile to death. <laughs> so he's not actually... In the original... Friday the 13th, he wasn't a paedophile. It was only in the remake because they said that him being a paedophile was... There was apparently, like, in California at the time, a string of, like, child molestation cases and they were worried that they were going to be off the back of those trying to, like, promote the movie. Infect people's dreams. So um, he's actually, in the original series, is just a... Just a child murderer. (laughs) Okay, right, that, that... Good for good for them. <laughs> I, do, I do like the reveal in the remake that because they're the, the, or actually you know what I haven't seen the original in so long I can't remember if it was just the remake, but uh, where they think he was wrongfully accused. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I don't so, so the 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 whole idea in the the it's they think he was wrongfully accused and they think clearing his name yeah. is going to obviously put Freddie's spirit at rest. Right, and then there's the big reveal that oh no, he is a paedophile. Right, okay. I was like, oh okay. <laughs> so a few a few slight issues that obviously yeah, yes, it's difficult to have that conversation with Meg Ryan on yeah. top of the Empire State Building. There's also the significant risk of Freddie taking out Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, and Tom Hanks's kid by the end of the movie. Um, I don't know any of the names of the, act- the the people in the movie, so we're just going with the actors' names. And just why break that? Why break the habit of a lifetime on this podcast? <laughs> and in the case of Tom Hanks's kid, not even the name of the actor but Tom Hanks's kid he's not actually Tom Hanks's kid I don't think it's Tom Hanks's kid um, but he's Tom Hanks's kid in the film but not yeah, it's not Colin yeah not, it's not Colin good old Colin and the other one <laughs> the other thing I think it'd be nice for Freddie to get out of Elm Street <laughs> he's spent you know there's been a lot of movies on Elm Street he gets in this case gets to visit Seattle and New York I think terrorising the same street in Ohio can get a little bit boring for a guy. Well, obviously, um, Nightmare in Seattle has already been taken because it's the true crime story about Courtney Love definitely killing Kurt Cobain. 
<laughs> I thought you were gonna go for like um like uh LaShawn McCoy. No, not LaShawn McCoy. Marshawn Lynch? Marshawn Lynch. Why did I think LaShawn? <laughs> what, what what voice was that? I don't know. Marshawn Lynch! <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. Uh yeah, Marshawn Lynch, uh not 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 being given the ball to run in against the Patriots. But uh, possibly. Yeah. No, we went we went a very different direction. Yeah, that. we went the completely unproven allegation, which is basically more an urban myth than an actual serious thing. Please don't sue us. <laughs> um okay, yes. And Nightmare on New York, that is just watching the Giants and the Jets. Hey. But yeah, and also, as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm fairly sure you've got mailers in the same universe just like where Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan have been cloned or something. Um, so we get a nice crossover movie with You've Got Man and Freddy Krueger. Um, perhaps yeah. Freddy Krueger is like a computer virus. I don't know. I, I, I do like the idea that there's... That's a horror movie in itself, isn't it? That what, You've Got there's, Mail? There's infinite numbers of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan <laughs> <laughs> just fated. Like, there should be a film following ones that don't like each other. Yeah. And they're just, just like, no, you have to... The universe demands that you're together. Yeah. So Wes Craven... Um, obviously did Nightmare on Elm Street and I was reading into this a bit and do you know where the idea of the movie came from? He has a nightmare? No, so it's really interesting actually. So he, 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 burnt, he burnt a janitor to death. He was reading a series of articles in the LA Times and it was happening over about a three year period there was a group of Southeast Asian refugees from and I'm going to pronounce this wrong but the Hmong tribe um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Several of whom died in the throes of horrific nightmares. So basically, they came to the U.S. to escape Pol Pot, and there'd been three men who all died in really similar situations. They're all young, typically healthy, but they were basically the the course from uh, to their death was that they would have this awful nightmare. They would then refuse to sleep for as long as they could, and then when they finally did fall asleep from exhaustion. They would awake screaming and then die. And there was these autopsy results that basically said that they hadn't died from heart failure. Um, they had simply died. And it was the inability to cause, uh, to find a cause of death that gave Craven the idea for, okay, well, you know, what could be causing this? And it's a, it's a, I mean, I don't know why it's called this, but apparently it was deemed, well, I know why it's called it, because they were of Southeast Asian descent, but medical authorities in the US called it the phenomenon Asian death syndrome. Um, it's apparently a variant of sudden unexpected death syndrome. Uh, they clearly named that at the end of the day, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> um, or Brugada syndrome. But yeah, I just, I, I'd never I'd never been privy to that information. It's just, I mean, it's, it's fascinating that that, is a thing i mean it's obviously awful um but yeah i never never knew that that was sort of the inspiration for for the um, friday the 13th movies yeah you didn't yeah you that's not the kind of film you expect to take its uh story even remotely from real life events (laughs) no (laughs) Uh, texas chainsaw massacre even though it was nothing like what they shown i could kind of understand a little bit more but that is that is all new information and i like it yes and then a bit more new information, or at least it was new to me, which I found. It, we On a lighter note, um, when Freddy's arms get really long in the original Friday the 13th, this was achieved by having men with fishing poles on either side of the alley operating a set of puppet arms. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> that must have been so fun. I, I do think like sometimes filming, especially this kind of like campy horror movie, must just be overwhelmingly stupid. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no way it could... 
I, I don't even think it would feel scary on set a lot of the time because it's so stupid. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, there's bits of it. Um, I mean, I remember watching it very young and being quite terrified, especially the bit with um, Johnny Depp being mauled in bed. It's a decent... Uh... It's a good film, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the idea. Freddy Krueger's in Sleepers in Seattle because yeah, Tom Hanks can't sleep. And so basically, Freddy Krueger is a matchmaker. Um, and it means that Tom Hanks's wife didn't have to die. Not his actual wife, his wife in the film. Um, although, I guess he is still a single father in the film, so there was probably some messy divorce instead. <laughs> For this choice, to take a leaf out of uh, your book, we are taking multiple characters from a film and throwing it into another one. Okay. So, Annie Wilkes is a nurse who has worked in several hospitals across the country and generally lives a solitary life. One morning, she wakes up to find that her life is being narrated by the voice of an unknown man. She recognises the voice eventually as being Paul Sheldon, her favourite novelist. She works alongside a literary professor to try and track down the author, all while slowly and falling in love with a baker. So, I was originally going to go Patrick Bateman for this. Yeah. But we've talked enough about Patrick Bateman, so I thought we would... <laughs> as, as I often do, I thought we would dive deep into misery. <laughs> so... Annie Wilkes is obviously Kathy Bates' character from Misery, which is an incredible film. And I, again, it's one of those films I don't think a lot of people have really seen anymore. No. It seems similar to kind of Wayne's World. Which I am now the only person to ever compare those two films. They seem to be a lot bigger deal when we were growing up than they necessarily are now. Yeah, I mean, I, I only saw Misery in the last sort of two or three years. And it's... It's so good. I'd say it's probably one of Stephen, like one of the stronger Stephen King adaptations that there's been. And obviously, there's a lot of good ones. Mm. There's a lot of bad ones as well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but... There's there's three categories. There's good, bad, and that's Stephen King. Yeah, like Shawshank, <laughs> Green Mile. Yeah, yeah. Stand by me. Um, I can't, Ian. Otherwise, they wouldn't they wouldn't hear me pick up on hey. my microphone. I really butchered the delivery of that. But you it tried. Was quite it would have been funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a really really good film. Yeah, so this is combining... Yeah, the, the leg, the hobbling scene yeah. is up there with one of my least favourite scenes <laughs> in the film. So this is obviously throwing Annie Wilkes from Misery into the 2006 romantic comedy Stranger Than Fiction. So Stranger Than Fiction is a massively underrated Will Ferrell film that, again... I worry I'm the only person who's seen it. No, I've I've seen it. Yeah. Um it, it was interesting. I I it, I love but it's also really meta, so that's probably why I love it so much. But it deserves to not have been completely forgotten by the vast majority of people. Yeah, I, I liked it. I think it was um is it what's her face from Bridget Jones, or am I making that no, up? No, it's Maggie Gyllenhaal. Okay. It's Maggie Gyllenhaal, and then the author in Stranger Than Fiction is Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Why am I confusing Emma Thompson and uh, Renee Zellweger? I don't know, but yeah, you're right, Emma Thompson. I'm think I'm hearing the narration voice. Bridget Jones, who I was very very close to doing. Um, Bridget Jones's Necronomicon, but again, Evil Dead we talked about too much. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the whole idea is Will Ferrell is this accountant who wakes up and his life is being narrated, and from the narration he finds out that he is soon to die. Right. And the film then follows Will Ferrell figuring out who the author is what's happening and it turns out he's basically a character in a book like i said not enough people have seen it and it is one of the least 
we we've talked we've talked about this with kind of other people. So, um, Nicolas Cage is a prime example of it. Yeah. There is Will Ferrell the actor, and then there is Will Ferrell the genre. Yeah. Okay. And this is very very distinctly Will Ferrell the actor. It doesn't feel like a Will Ferrell film. It doesn't feel kind of given the plot. It's not silly or over the top or anything like that. It's actually really reserved. Yeah. It again, not to not to make too many sweeping assumptions about America versus the UK, but it feels kind of like it could have been a British film. It's a very like British sense of humor. It's very dry. I think it it's helps. Very sarcastic. That, also helps that Emma Thompson's doing the narrating. As it well. helps that Emma Thompson's <laughs> doing the narrating as well. But. I just love the film, and I think it would be given that one, Annie Wilkes is from a book. Yeah. Two, the entire plot of Misery is that she is obsessed with an author. Yeah. Just works. Yeah, no, it's 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 um it's a very good um kind of cross section. So that th- that's one way of doing it, of having the so Paul Sheldon is the James Kahn character in Misery, so he is the author. She's yeah. tied to the bed. The other way of doing this is Stephen King has a habit of writing himself into his own stuff. Yep. So I think he's in the Dark Tower shit. There was a character who was basically him in that supernatural hospital one he did. I can't remember the name of it. It was called Kingdom something, and it had a little scary girl in. Don't think I've seen that. He, I mean, he's in. Um, he's also in the Kingdom it, Hospital, maybe. He's in the It remake as well. He comes. He's the store owner in yeah. It Part Chapter One, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so he he has been in a lot of his own stuff, and he's also written himself into things, yeah. as in as actual Stephen King. So we could also have it that Annie Wilkes hears the voice of Stephen King narrating her life, and yeah. she has to try and find him. All, all while falling in love with Maggie Gyllenhaal, because obviously we need to we need to keep a bit of romance in it. Otherwise, this is just her hunting down Stephen King. Yeah, I I think it's I think that's a good way to do it because she's clearly uh, quite mentally disturbed. Anyway, yeah. the fact of her hearing the author she's obsessed with narrating her life works quite well. Yeah, so I I think there's a number of ways to do it. It could very easily have turned into a horror movie, really, because that is a very terrifying concept. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I love both the films, and it it was a good excuse to talk about Stranger Than Fiction. Stranger Than Fiction involves one of my favourite cute moments in a film, in a romantic comedy at least. Um, Right. Because everyone has like their go-to one like that, and I, I have two. There is this, where... So Maggie Gyllenhaal's a baker. Yeah. Um, she's being audited by Will Ferrell's character. He uh, refuses to take a cookie off of her because it could be misconstrued as a bribe. So he then turns up with a box full of like uh, white flour and bread flour and stuff like that. And she says she's going to buy them off him. And what are they? And he says, they're flowers. I bought you flowers. It's adorable. Yeah, okay. My other most watched random scene from a romantic comedy is have you ever watched morning glory i don't think so no morning glory is for all intents and purposes shit okay it's not a good film but it is a hundred percent my guilty pleasure it is rachel mcadams uh, becomes the producer of like a 
early morning TV show. Right. And Harrison Ford and Diane Keaton are the hosts. Harrison Ford's a bit of a shit. It's yeah. all whatever. And uh, there's a scene at the end, or basically the last five minutes of the film, I have seen upwards of like 40 times. <laughs> because every week or two, I will just watch the scene because it's kind of nice. It's just like, oh, look. Grumpy Harrison Ford's not grumpy anymore. <laughs> He's cooking a frittata. He says fluffy. It's great. You don't but... get a lot of frittatas over in the UK, do you? No, you don't, which no. is a shame, because they're fucking nice. They are. But you have what to have is... a hot pan. What is the difference between a frittata and an omelette? Uh, it's how it's prepared. So it's more, it is, it's, I, I think it is kind of like the midpoint between a quiche and an omelette. Ah, so if I, I've searched frittata versus, and it comes up with frittata versus quiche, tortilla, omelette, Spanish omelette, crustless quiche, Frittata versus quiche versus omelette, which is the triple threat match we didn't know we needed to oh, see. No. And frittata versus strata, which I don't even know what that is. So um, apparently frittata is quite the cousin of many an egg-based dish. So I think I would say it is closest to a Spanish omelette. The Spanish omelette is basically an omelette pizza, right? Uh, Spanish omelette has uh, got onions and uh, it's not, it's not folded, po- right? potatoes it's, in it. Okay. And you just kind of, yeah, a bit, and it's very thick. Yeah, and so yeah, I think a frittata is closer to that. A frittata. We say we're saying these so many times they've lost all meaning. Frittata. Now. Omelette. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, eggs aside, uh, Stranger Than Fiction is a fucking brilliant film. You should watch Stranger Than Fiction. You should then watch Misery, and then you should sign our petition to get them smushed together into. Uh, I mean, I I was going to try and come up with a pun title, but Stranger Than Fiction works. It does. Yeah. It just works, Graham. <laughs> My final choice. Your final choice, which, for the first time ever on the podcast, I am not privy to. (laughs) Yeah, this is very true. Um, Apart from the times where I've told you and you've forgotten. (laughs) Apart from from that, but I've always remembered it. Yeah. I'm just not 100% sure where you're leading to. So, originally, I was going going down the same route that you went with with some of the punny ones. So, I was going to go with When Carrie Met Sally. Um, just because I liked the pun, I would I would proper cool running slow clap them, but it will th- ruin the microphone. So I'm not going to. But imagine I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm thinking like they're in Katz's diner, and then like the blood drops from the ceiling. Yeah, I'll um, have what she's having. Yeah, <laughs> Katz's diner, by the way, extremely overpriced, but very very good. If you ever get the chance to go, um, I think I paid seventeen dollars for a sandwich, but it was worth it. I do love American diners. They're not the same here. No, they try. They try so hard. The best bit is, is so you go up to the counter and you say, like, I don't know, I'll have the Reuben or the Sorbiqueware. And then they just give you a bit of meat on a plate. And it's just like, yeah, just taste the meat to make sure. I'm like, yeah, it's great. Cool. Please make my sandwich with that. Like, like it's a fine wine. Yeah, basically. Please try this corned beef. <laughs> oh, just fantastic. It was made fresh eight months ago. I'm going again in, in February and I cannot wait. I, um, yeah, I need to. As soon as, as soon as. Going to America is one of the many dominoes that will fall once the house is sorted because yeah. I need to go back. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking very much looking forward to it. Anyway, I digress. Didn't go with that. I went with, <laughs> I went with a film I've never seen, so I apologise. This is the first time I've done this on the podcast. However, I, could, I kind of knew the basic premise of it and I knew the horror movie villain I wanted to use and it just made sense. So the basic... Uh, so, as I say, I've not watched this film I understand the base premise. The film is the romance comedy is Forty Days and Forty Nights. So is the Brad? No, no, Josh Hartnett. I'm thinking of like Seven Years in Tibet or something. 
<laughs> very different film. Oh, um, oh, I yeah, so I, the, I know the film because I. Ba- go on. No, I, I feel like I might know where this is going. Okay, so the basic premise is that Josh Hartnett has to give up sex and masturbation for Lent because of the obsession with his ex is making rubbish in the bedroom for other women, which obviously is exactly what Jesus would have wanted. Um, however, I read into this a bit more. This film is so messed up, like beyond, like it is insane. <laughs> to the point that I think my horror movie version of what I'll propose in a bit is probably less fucked up than the original movie itself. So... We, we have this thing. I mean, it's a bit of a weird thing to do anyway, right? To say, I'm going to give up sex and masturbation for Lent because I'm obsessed with an ex. Yeah. That's that's odd anyway. But then the next thing happens, you know, like all good friends, his his mates decide to start up a pool to see how long he'll last through these 40 days. First off, really not understanding, like, I mean, let's say one of your friends, perhaps, <laughs> nice bleep for you there, um... <laughs> Has decided that he's going to give up sex for 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, that was a conscious decision. <laughs> oh, it's a good job we've bleeped out name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, if you miss one of these, he's going to be outed, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Um, let's say that did this. I'm just going to keep saying just... <laughs> let's, let's, not, uh, let, let's not keep saying his name after that, because I will have to bleep them all out. Um, so um, he's giving it up. How are you as his friend organising the pool? meant to be aware of this happening that it's not that it's other than him announcing it which obviously wouldn't be in his interest i mean are we are you outside his his bedroom have you got some cameras set up i mean what's what's going on there that's weird right in itself that's a weird that, that is the the surveillance aspect of it is weird yes yeah so already odd film but then it gets even weirder and as i say i've only i've, I've only read this plot summary points on on wikipedia but Here's, here's two that uh, that really got me. Um, so by day 35 of Matt's vow, Matt being the Josh Hartnett character, the pool has reached $18,000 and a colleague convinces him to give in. How? I'm not sure. As Matt marches into the bathroom to masturbate at work, he discovers his boss, who accidentally had a Viagra spiked drink intended for Matt, masturbating in the next stall. With the entire office waiting, Matt escapes through the bathroom window and goes to Erica. Erica is the girl that he falls in love with throughout yeah. the course of the movie. They reconcile and spend a night of intimacy together without actual intercourse. This is a weird film. Why is why is this happening at someone's work? Why are people spiking people's drinks with Viagra? Who? What is the conversation that happens to say, oh yeah, actually I am going to go to the office toilets and have a wank? Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, I'm assuming it's an out-of-office message. <laughs> I will be back around 2pm. Like, yeah, what is going on there? Yeah, that's fucked. Um, that is very, very fucked. So that happens. Then, this is the one that is really, like, this isn't even just, like, fucked up. This is dark. So, so I, I think I know how it ends. But what I'm thinking of is so dark, I don't want to say it until you do, in case I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. So, day 40, the last day... He is un- he's apparently like it's been too much. He's unable to spit picturing women naked. He walks in on his brother kissing a nun, which is a weird thing as well to say because his brother is apparently taking a sabbatical from the priesthood. Anyway, he's Matt is saying he can't contain himself. He gets his friends to handcuff him to his bed. He then wakes up the next morning from an erotic dream to find out that his ex, who finds it really sexy that he's doing this thing, yeah. has 
raped him. Yeah, it's, is... it is so fucked up. How did? How is this a film that got made as a comedy? Yeah. So that's what I thought the ending was, but there was nowhere I could go, oh yeah, this is the film where he gets raped at the end, right? Because it, it's what the so fuck? fucked up. Who are you, um, who are you smushing into it? Interesting that's choice a, of words. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what I'm going to do, because this, is, this movie is wrong on too many levels, what I'm going to do instead is we're going to have him doing his celibacy thing for 40 days and 40 nights, but the driver of him coming out and the driver of him breaking his celibacy isn't necessarily the pool that's going. It's not his ex doing unspeakable things to him. It's not even him falling in love with someone else. It is because the demon from It Follows is coming after him <laughs> and he needs to pass it on. Otherwise, he is dead. Nice. <laughs> I, like, I like that. So the first time I found out about this film was in a conversation with an old housemate. It was talking about, oh, remember Josh Hartnett? He was in 40 Days and 40 Nights. My response to that was, oh, the vampire one. Yeah, I also thought this as well, yeah. Yeah. Just, but that's what? 40 Days of Night, yeah, right? Yeah, so we had this like a good couple of minutes where we were like, no, 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 it's, it's, it's about vampires. It's like, no, 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 it's about, it's about wanking. It's like, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's vampires. It was right up there with um, a friend of mine used to cry. Always told me that she used to cry during Fifty First State, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I found that hilarious. I told a lot of people about it. Literally eighteen months later, we were watching a film, and I think, what is it about Robert Carlyle and Samuel Jackson that really gets yeah, what, you emotionally what, what, what going? He's like, well, it's like the ending. It's like what? Where he like gives a load of free drugs to a club? He's like, what? He's like, that's the end of Fifty First States. And obviously, it then becomes apparent that she was saying 51st dates. <laughs> but for over a year, I thought a friend of mine got really emotional watching films about Samuel Jackson making drugs in Scotland. Um, talk about a massive segue here. Talking about um, people getting arrested for drug-related things. Have you seen the, um, the latest thing to come out? Um, I think it's uh, Dominic Grab's greatest new idea. No. So you you know how we're um, going to tackle the HGV crisis? Yeah, obviously we're um, oh prison, trans prisons, prison, yeah, prisoners yeah. drive lorries. There is a news bit. I don't know if it was on the BBC or ITV of them talking through this, and they introduce convicted felon who is going to start driving HGV for the government. Um, what what I can't remember his name. Uh, what was Paul in for? Oh, Paul was in for smuggling drugs in a lorry into the UK. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> that is proper. It has. Life. Is... The Tories have killed satire. But, yeah. Because that, that is a thick of it plot. Oh, without a doubt. But... Okay, right. So in, in this, in 40, 40 days of it follows. Yeah. He has the choice between how big was the pool? Uh, I think, well, it by. Basically, basically, this turns into like Channel 4's Hunted. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> he just has to stay on the run. Yeah, until stay on the run or pass it on. Yeah, um, that's yeah, a, that's a tough one. But also, I think we can all agree less fucked up than the actual plot of Forty oh, Days. Do you think you could stay away from demon syphilis for forty days? I think so, just because it moves so slowly. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it, it's the. I think you would, for want of a, a better phrase, uh, I think you'd have to tag team it. 
because um you've got to stay awake i suppose yeah so you need somebody driving yeah so like you can't you can't ever be stationary otherwise it'll it's a it's basically horror movie tortoise and the hare and syphilis yeah that's um that we yeah that is infinitely less horrific (laughs) than just the plot of 40 days and 40 nights (laughs) okay my last choice so uh stop me if you've heard this one before graham uh, I'm going to pick a film I haven't actually seen. So <laughs> Who would do such a thing? I'm actually going to flip around how I planned on talking about this. So the entire reason I have picked this choice is because I actually wanted to talk about Notting Hill. So I have gone kind of wider Richard Curtis universe. Okay. Um, but Notting Hill is really the one I wanted to talk about because we're talking about romantic comedies and that kind of means I have to talk about my favourite one. So I was contemplating House on Notting Hill. Yeah. I was contemplating the Notting Hills Have Eyes. I like that one. Uh, Silent Notting Hill was the closest one I got, but then the more I read into Pyramid Head, the more just like completely inappropriate the idea came. So I've gone I've gone on a, another Richard Curtis one, but obviously just wanted to name drop Notting Hill where I could. We have on multiple occasions been out drinking on a night out, only to then start talking about Notting Hill, come back, order cheap pizza at two in the morning and watch it. That has happened multiple times in my life, and I'm kind of okay with that. Has it happened more than uh, Goldeneye or less? More. More than Goldeneye. Oh, more, more than Goldeneye and more recently. Nice. Which, uh, which you know, is obviously the my <laughs> early hour viewings of Hugh Grant movies is obviously where a Halloween special should go to. So I couldn't do Notting Hill, so I was trying to think of what other uh, Richard Curtis movies... Uh, might be good for uh, a, a good horror smushing. So the plot of this film is so Jack Malick is a struggling singer-songwriter from Lowestoft. Uh, during a 12-second global power outage, he is struck by a bus. After recovering, he discovers that nobody else remembers the Beatles and the country has been ravaged by humans infected by a rage virus incubated in a chimpanzee that was released by some hippies. Uh, Jack must balance the stresses of suddenly being a huge rock star and continuing the Beatles' legacy while also surviving a zombie apocalypse. Until the Beatles thing, I definitely thought this was Meet Joe Black. (laughs) (laughs) So this is uh, 28 Yesterdays Later. Nice. So... Obviously, a mashup between 28 Days Later and Yesterday. I know we were going for horror villains, but I feel like the rage virus, I could vaguely argue, is a horror villain. Yeah, okay. And just the vast, the, the hordes of the, the, the zombie undead. Um, so this makes sense for a number of reasons. Firstly, they're both Danny Boyle films. Yeah. Which I, I didn't think about <laughs> until I was researching them. Secondly, depending on... How deep into the 28 blank later we decide to go into, uh, Robert Carlyle could feature in both. So it just, I like the idea of the the zombie outing being a, a, a kind of like an alternate universe thing. Yeah. And I also like the idea of it being coupled with something completely nonsensical, like the Beatles no longer existing. So I'm not sure what like the sequel could be maybe we go werewolves and nobody remembers star wars i think we need um you'd need like cameos for the remaining surviving beetles as zombies in the film as well so paul and ringo yeah yeah we can do that well robert carlisle plays john lennon in yesterday 
which is a film I've uh, watched the trailer for and decided that was enough. It's 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 actually a, it's a really difficult it's a really difficult film for me. It's a tough one because I really like Richard Curtis. Yeah, but this sounds so lame, <laughs> and I I don't know if it's because I'm not a not a huge Beatles fan. Yeah, I can I I appreciate what they did for music. And I appreciate that modern music in the way it is probably wouldn't be like that without the Beatles. But I I would be more annoyed if somebody if the world suddenly couldn't remember David Bowie. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Or Zappa. Or Zappa, um, yeah. Yeah. I do think and also it's good to distance yourselves from massive Beatles fans, because the biggest Beatle fan on record is probably Mar- um not Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson. Charles Manson, yeah. So yeah, there's something to be said for not being a massive Beatles fan. Well, yeah. Well, in this yet yeah, in this universe, Charles Manson just like works in a stationery store or something. He he, he was why never why, pushed why, into being a cult owner. Why can't his store move? Oh, nice. I like that. I see what he did there because you knew I meant pencils and pens, but you took stationery to mean uh, immovable. Yeah, I like that. That was uh, that's a very you're you're on a roll with your uh, linguistic puns today. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so I, I like the, I like the idea of a man. It is it is literally kind of quite similar to the plot of Twenty Eight Days Later. So he's in an accident, wakes up, and there's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Which I like. The raid zombies are probably, I, I think, up there with my favorite, like, They're more movie interesting zombie. Like the Dawn of the Dead zombies, aren't they? Yeah, but they're also, like, the least likely zombies I would survive. <laughs> um, all, all of my, like, entrenched zombie plans generally rely on them being more of the, the ambling type. An ambling zombie. Yeah, I need to be able to walk... It, it should be strength in numbers rather than them being able to chase me down and scale walls. I Yeah, yeah you need to be... You need to be swarmed rather than anything else. But 28 Days Later is so fucking good, and so is 28 Weeks Later. Yeah, both very, very I, good films. I don't think 28 Weeks Later gets the credit it deserves. Because uh, Jeremy Renner and Idris Elba are in it, which I always forget. Yeah. But it's just such a fucking clever film and I like them and you know A World Without the Beatles does sound quite you know interesting um, but yeah so obviously horror episode the clear question to ask you at this point yeah. is if you could take credit for any artist's back catalogue who would it be? Oh good question right so or we can we can go we can go full uh, Mad Libs on this one yeah so you've uh, unfortunately you've been hit by a car right Oh, it's a bus, isn't it? You've been struck by a bus. Yeah. So the four two seven. Yeah. Okay. Has 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 knocked you over. Yeah. Uh, you wake up. Uh, twenty eight yesterday's later. Yeah. Which sounds more like a time travel movie, but yeah. you wake up twenty eight uh, days this later. This is the uh, this is the Christopher Nolan version. Yeah. So you wake up twenty eight days later, and you can take credit for one band's discography. Yeah. But you also have to face off against one post-apocalyptic disaster. Okay. What what are you going for? Um Eminem and um the volcano from Volcano. Okay. So being based in London, yeah. Uh the apocalypse you're gonna survive is so everyone credits you for Eminem, yeah, and you just can't go to LA. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That, that is that's that's definitely the way forward. Uh I would I, I I'm not sure my one because again d- d- I I the answer would probably be 
Bowie, because I do like Bowie, but I also don't yeah. really want to be in a world where that's not a thing anyway. You don't want to steal it too much. It's a lot to live up to. As it's well. a lot. Uh, maybe I'll just go. I, 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 I've got the beard and the hair. Oh, I've got the beard and used to have the hair. Maybe I'll just rock out just Dave Grohl in general. I'll take them all. Yeah, I, I see you more as um, Chaz and Dave. Just a bit of rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, just, Ch- just Chaz and Dave. But also, to be fair, you, I don't think a lot of people can really remember Chaz and Dave anymore. No. Yeah, you would you wouldn't go out to a that that would be a great film. I've seen so again I've seen scenes from yesterday, and like basically they're all sitting around a table and he starts playing yesterday yeah. on the guitar and everyone's like oh my god that's beautiful wait yeah did you write that I just imagine that doing that with rabbit just a very nice acoustic How guitar did you version. come up with this here rabbit 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 yeah it would be it would work they um that was the first um music lesson i ever had year three our teach my teacher shout out to mr mccardle taught the taught the class yesterday i thought it was, i thought you were talking about Chas and dave no <laughs> that would have been yeah. that would have been really i can play rabbit on the recorder <laughs> don't know whose uh work i want to steal it depends how big-headed you want to go yeah um... if, if it if it's people i know a lot of the lyrics to it is going to be something like, again, Bowie, Springsteen, or Elvis. Because I think collectively, I don't listen to Elvis regularly, but I think collectively as a society, we know all of the words. That, yeah. or if I can take credit for a collection of work, the Tony Hawk soundtracks. <laughs> yeah. Or actually, Johnny Cash would be a good one as well. Oh, Johnny Cash would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering one of his best-known songs isn't written by him. Well, a lot of his songs. Uh, a lot of his, like... Uh, one of his many revivals yeah. or resurgences was all the American albums, and that had like Personal Jesus. He did yeah. a cover of uh, one. I think he did another U U two song as well. Yeah, Cash would be a good one. Walk the Line's a fun film, but now I'm just going off on tangents on tangents. Great film. Tangents upon tangents upon tangents. So yeah, so that, that's that's where I want to go with this. Okay. Like Twenty eight yesterdays later, there are no Beatles. There are zombies, and there is Robert Carlyle. Cool. That's John Lennon, who will be fighting zombies. Okay. And then Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr are in it as zombies. As zombies. Cool. Uh, Ringo Starr will be a zombie Thomas the Tank. A zombie Thomas the Tank who yeah. refuses to sign autographs. Yeah, exactly. And I think Robert Carlyle deserved it. Don't you? <laughs> okay, so those are our choices. Yeah. Out of your three, Yeah. what was the top three of your three? Uh, top three of my three, third place, Jason Voorhees meets the parents. I like it, but there's a lot of, I'm doing a lot of switching around and bending of rules here. Second place, The Demon, and it follows in 40 Days and 40 Nights, um, mainly because I think it's a less screwed up movie than the the original. Um, and then in first place, Freddy Krueger and Sleepless in Seattle, because um, it just makes sense that the reason Tom Hanks isn't sleeping and is calling into radio shows is because Freddy Krueger is haunting his dreams. Nice. Right. My choice then. My choice is uh, it's quite a tough one. I like, mainly because I like all of these, which is why I picked them. So I would uh, I'll, I'll probably go Annie Wilkins in Stranger Than Fiction 3rd. Yeah. Um, just because I think to make it work you have to change even more of the film than arguably some of the others. Yeah. In the spirit of that, I'm going to go 28 Yesterdays Later, number 2. Uh, because I think you could basically do exactly the same film just with like zombie groaning in the background, but there would need to be some zombie bashing in it. Yeah. Um, and then number one, Ten Rings I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. It would literally be exactly the same film, but with a vengeful psychic ghost instead of Julia Stiles. 
so on 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 that bombshell, yeah. if you will, uh, what, what are you saying for the 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 combined top three? Combined top three. Um, I th- I think ten rings I hate about you. Um, number one, I would go. I I well, mm, ten rings I hate about you. Weirdly, even though I picked Freddy Krueger and Sleepless in Seattle because I think it fits better, I do kind of want to do Forty Days and Forty Nights just to improve that movie. Um, but then, um, but then also you threw a spanner that works because I quite like the stranger, stranger than fiction idea probably more than the Twenty Eight yeah. Yesterdays later. So uh, essentially, in answer to your question, I'm not sure other than we'll have um, <laughs> the Ten Rings Ahead <laughs> right is number uh, one. I definitely want Forty Days and Forty Nights in yeah. because, like you said. It's it's a horror film we're make we're adding we're yeah. adding a horror character to a horror movie. To a horror movie, yeah. Um and I also think the uh the more people remember that as a thing, the better. Uh I, I, I do like I said, I do really like the Stranger Than Fiction thing as a as a concept. Yeah. Um I do like the idea of waking up in an alternate universe full of full of zombies. But also knowing you have the power of the Beatles with you, yeah. And then uh, I, I think I, I think Sleepless in Seattle is just a very good joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of my choices are based upon that. To be fair, so I would, yeah. So I would, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to put to to throw Stranger Than Fiction into the final discussion. So it would be Sleepless in Seattle or Stranger Than Fiction. Both both movie titles we don't have to change. This is very true. Yeah. I'm good with either. I'm feeling in a in a in a ambivalent mood this uh, this evening. That's good for a podcast based on debate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I will. Uh, we will go. I mean, I, we could. Uh, Stranger than sl- Seattle. Let's go sleepless in Seattle, because I like the idea of Tom Hanks doing a horror movie. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Really, and let let's be let, let's be fair. Stephen King's done enough. He doesn't. He doesn't. Stephen King doesn't need this. He doesn't need the money. But no. I, I feel like Tom Hanks, you know, especially after COVID, yeah, needs uh, the world he to remember a, that he is a versatile actor. He's not just a nice guy. Yeah, needs to pick me up. It was. Uh, yeah, it would work. I mean, I'm. There, there's gonna be. There's got to be a Nightmare on Elm Street in the works. Surely. Probably. I it's think just called Freddy. Is. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. It would be. So. Okay, all right. So I'm fine with that. Do you have any further comment on Halloween horror movies or romantic comedies? Um, no, other than there's a good Nightmare on Elm Street song, which I don't think is by Ice Nine Kills. Uh, I think the Ice Nine Kills one is American Nightmare. Yeah, it is. It just goes, Nightmare on Elm Street. There's also a song called A Nightmare on My Street, which is by DJ Jesse Jeff and the Fresh Prince, which has ruined my evening. Um, Interesting. Now I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy. You all know him. He had me scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I called him to bed. He's burnt up like a weenie. His name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every day. And even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's gone when I'm awake, but shows up when I'm asleep. I can't believe that there's a nightmare on my street. Oh my God, I hate Will Smith even more than I did before. That's uh, Legerand. It's got better lyrics than that. <laughs> with, with that, the podcast nobody asked for Top three, horror villains we want to see in romantic comedies. Number three, we have Sleepless in Seattle with Freddy Krueger. Number two, we have 40 Days and 40 Nights with the It Follows Syphilis Demon. Yep. 
And number one, we have 10 Rings I Hate About You, which is 10 Things I Hate About You with Sadako Yaramura from The Ring. So if you agreed with our choices, like we said, like this is this was a really difficult one to narrow down to three. Oh, because absolutely. there were so many stupid things we could have done. Like I said, Bridget Jones' Necronomicon, I was so close to doing. Yeah. And as I say, when Carrie met Sally, purely on the pun. Yeah. So if you uh, agree with our choices, or if you have any others, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. And you can also become a friend of the podcast over at Patreon at the podcast nobody asked for, where you can help us make the podcast bigger, better, and more smushy. Smushy indeed. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at nobody asked for pod um, if you want to also just be very depressed over the fact that will smith wrote a pg the pg rated um version of a rap about freddy krueger you can find us at the same place on facebook and we have all of our links and information at uh uk. and uh, remember to leave us a review on apple Podcasts or podchaser and in your review put any future episode ideas you may have and we will do the best ones so that's uh that's Halloween done for this year. Mm. Uh, scary shit. Spooky one. Um, still haven't nailed down my Halloween costume yet. I'm thinking possibly Nicolas Cage from Mandy. Okay, yep. Nicolas Cage from Willy's Wonderland. Yeah. Or possibly Nicolas Cage from Pig. I like that. You might have to live in the garden for the rest of the week, though. If you're gonna yeah, I just need one. to have a lot of fake blood and carry a pig around, occasionally misplacing it. Are you going to take my dog to a part- Halloween party? I am not going to take... Can I, can I take your dog to a Halloween party? No, no, I am not going to take your dog to a Halloween party. Because, unfortunately, I can't find a decent bear carcass, so I can't do midsummer. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is it, the time of the year. They're all going to hibernation, so... Well, if anything, that means they're easier to get. Easier to get, yeah. But they just fit, harder fit to slightly smaller. And harder to find. Ugh, no one asked for this.